my Bible? I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. See, I choose to do what it says I can do. See, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, say, I'll never be the same. Shout it out, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Give somebody a high five. Tell them it's good to be with me. Amen. Well, we're going to jump right in here. How many of you saw the kids out there this morning doing the greeting and they had the shirts on and the big you are in the middle of the church? And, 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 you know, it's not just in the children's ministry. It's just throughout the church that we're starting a series today. And it's you are the church. And you are the church. You realize that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus came and he came to build a church. And it's, it wasn't a building, but it was lives. You know, the, the buildings, the, the, those just facilitate, you know, our, our ability to get together. The buildings are cool. But they're really, you know, and we sanctify it, we set it apart, and we call it God's house. And he meets us here. It's amazing. But the reality is, is that the church, you are the church. And, you know, if you aren't in the church, all we got is... So you, you are the church. Okay? And you got you to realize that Jesus, God the Father... Put all of his confidence in us. Sometimes we talk about our ability to trust God and have faith in God. Look at his ability to trust you. Look at the faith that God has in you. The, 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 you know, the, 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 the ultimate condition of mankind. He, he put it in your hand. He said, here, go get him. Why? Because he believes in you. Be, because he's given you the strength to do anything. You know, Philippians, he says, you know, I have strength for all things. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. In that King James Version, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Amplified says, I have strength for all things. I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. I've got the strength. I've got the strength. All I've got to do is use it. I can handle anything. You can handle anything. There's not a situation, not a circumstance. I realize some of the stuff you're dealing with is heavy-duty stuff. We ain't, making light of the, we ain't making light of the stuff that you're having to, you know, wrestle with. But the reality is, is that as long as you don't cave in, give up, or quit, you win. I said, you win. You, you can't be taken out because God's taking you up. The Lord, Psalms 118, the Lord is on my side. It doesn't mean just simply he's on my team. It means he's on my side. I'm not alone. I got help. Look at your neighbor and say, you need help. You've been wanting to tell them that all day. Look at First Chronicles 28. Verse 9 and 10. He said, And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father. Have a personal knowledge of him. Be acquainted with him and understand him and appreciate him and heed him and cherish him. Serve him with a blameless heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches the hearts and minds and understands all the wanderings and the thoughts. If you seek him, you're going to find him. Don't forsake him because then you'll be cast off forever. Look at the next verse. He said, here's the deal. Verse 10. Here it comes. Take heed now. Everybody say now. now. You know, take heed now. In other words, think about it. Be sharp. Be alert. Look at this thing. Take heed now. For the Lord has chosen you to build a house. The, the Lord, some of your translations will say a holy house. He's talking about the church. The Lord has chosen you. The Lord has chosen you to be a builder. So you've got to be strong and do it. You've got to be strong. If the Bible says be strong, then you've got to understand that, okay, to do what God's called you to do is going to demand strength. The cool part is, is that he's going to supply the strength. 
You know, sometimes you, you get to look at, at what's out in front of your life, you know. And even as a church, we look at what's out in front of us and the challenges that are out there. And, you know, we got the 10 acres, but, we, we, you know, the facilities that we're going to build, uh, you know, when, when, we, when, we, when we see them done, we're going to look back and we're going to wonder, how do we do that? Well, it's going to be because of the power of God that's on what we do, right? Uh, uh, you know, the architects, they're building stuff we can't afford. Now, we're not going to launch out and, you know, go, you know, pedal to the metal and find a bank and, and get deep in debt. We're believing that God's going to come alongside of us when we take the little bit that's in our hand and we step towards the situation that he's going to cause that to multiply and we're going to see the miraculous stuff. But if you take the supernatural off of the picture and you look at what's in front of us and you th- start thinking about your strength, well, we can't do it. We cannot do what God's calling us to do. It's just like in your life. You, if you look at what's right in front of you, no, you ain't got what it takes to win in the situation that, you know, that life presents. But you're not on your own. Oh, come on, guys. You're not on your own. Thank God you, ain't, you don't got to count on you. You got God on your side. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to give you everything you need to win and succeed regardless of the situation. But he said, take heed now. Think about it. You got some stuff to think about. Okay, don't, don't let this depart from your mind. You know, take heed. Look at yourself. Look, watch where you're going. Because if you're not careful... Isn't it crazy what what we do to ourselves? You know, our intentions are great, but we find ourselves doing all kinds of crazy junk. You know, maybe it's just me. The way you're looking at me, it's just me. So this this is, hi, my name is Tom, and and I'm a freak. And I'm here to confess today and share with you my shortcomings. Uh, You know, here's the deal. If I don't guard my heart, Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart. Out of it flow the issues of life. If I don't guard my heart, Dude, I just find myself doing all kinds of stupid stuff, wasting time, you know, wasting money, wasting everything. And, and then I realized, shoot, that's not even what I wanted. You know, got some great plans just in my personal life. Got great plans. But I'll be honest with you, I don't always find myself on target with those plans. I wander around and do all kinds of crazy stuff. You've got you to gotta guard your heart because you're, you're going to be motivated to go after things that you desire. Come on, you know that there have been some things that you thought that you wanted that when you got them, you wish you had never even thought of them. You know, you know, that car, that boat, that purse, those matching shoes, and then you get it, and, and, and it lasts you for about 30 minutes, and then you realize these shoes hurt, and then the bill comes in the mail, and, and, and these shoes really hurt. And, and you know, you've got to watch your desires. Have you heard the story of the little boy? That he, was, he, he found a frog, and he was so excited, and he got himself a jar, and he poked holes in it, and he put grass in it, and, and, and he'd take care of this frog, and this frog was like his best friend, and carried it everywhere. And One day he was getting a frog out, and the frog talked to him. <laughs> the frog said, hey, if you kiss me, I'll become a princess, and I will love you the rest of your life. And he's like, right on, and he put the frog in the jar and went down the street to show it to his friends. <laughs> a couple of days later, and I mean, he's showing it to anybody that, anybody that would look. A couple days later, it's just him and the frog again. He pulls the frog out. The frog says, hey, if you kiss me, I'll become a princess. And I will love you the rest of your life. He's like, that is so cool. Puts the frog in the jar. A week later, he's showing it to some other guys. And he puts it up. And he goes, goes to his house. And he pulls the frog out to get up some water. And the frog says, hey, I said, if you kiss me, I become a princess. I will love you the rest of your life. And he said, I heard you the first time, but I'm nine years old. 
I don't want a princess. I want a talking frog. (laughs) It is quite possible that the desire of your heart is not actually the best thing for your life. As good as it looks, you might not be at the maturity level to understand everything yet. You gotta guard your heart. You gotta guard your heart. You know, you know what's really crazy is, uh, sometimes the things that, that we do, we protect ourselves from failure, from hurt, from, uh, you know, disappointment. And in actuality, we end, in, we end up living a life that's, that's sabotaged by doubt and unbelief. Because we just don't really want to give ourselves over to godly desires. I mean, you know, you take the scripture, we got it on the wall, Jeremiah 29, 11. God talking. He said, I know the plans I have for your life. Plans to prosper you, not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. But yet sometimes I, we, don't let our, we don't put our desire in God's plan. You know, we, we're kind of afraid. It's crazy to me. We start talking about healing or prosperity. How many people get nervous? They start digging their heels in, and it's like, you can't make me live prosperous. And why wouldn't you want to? Well, because there's this thing inside of you that's telling you that you're probably going to fail. You're probably not going to make it. That's probably not for you. You, you know, you, you got to understand my life, Tom. You know, if you knew some of the mistakes I've made, some of the decisions I've made, and some, some of the actions that I've performed, you realize that, I, that I've disqualified myself from God's plan. No, you haven't. The Bible says, what, what can separate us from the love of God? Neither height, nor depth, nor width, nor breadth, nor any other creature. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. It's all right to take your desire and say, okay, God, I'm going to believe you for the, for the big things in life. I'm going to believe you for the best. God wants to prosper you. See what I mean? How weird people get when you tell them that? Well, you're going to have to prove it to me. (laughs) It's so weird. God wants you blessed. I said, God wants you blessed. I'll prove it. Okay, here we go. Psalms 115. The Lord has been mindful of us. Now that ought to just blow your mind right there. He... Will bless us. What, you need more? Yeah, but I know what you're thinking. Yeah, he's the house of Israel and the house of Aaron. Yeah, who's the house of Israel? That's God's people. Who's the house of Aaron? Well, it says right there. It's the priesthood. Look at verse 13. He will bless those who reverently and worshipfully fear the Lord, both small and great. Somebody say, that's me. So God wants Think about this for just a minute. I, maybe, you know, maybe it's difficult for you to wrap your brain around this reality. But God will bless you. I said, God will bless you. In, in reality, He already has. You're already blessed. I'll prove that later. But you're already blessed. But the the reality is is that God's desire for you is that you live a blessed life. Blessed. The the definition of blessed, I think the best one is, is to be positioned to win or succeed in any given situation. To be positioned to win or succeed in any given situation. Uh, you know, uh, to, to have 
the ability to respond in situations with a godlike attitude. How many believe that that would be God's plan for your life? In no matter what the circumstance, you could respond in a godlike fashion. How many? Okay. So, so then, I mean, seriously, there's about 30% of us that really believe that. That God would want you to be able to respond in any situation in a godlike manner. Who, who believes that? If you really hold your hand up, do you believe that? That God would want you to respond in a godlike fashion. Okay. So, in, a, in any situation, how do you think God would respond? How would God respond in your situation? Do you, do you think that he would think, uh-oh, we're going under? No. You know, during the recession, they have not had to hawk one of the pearly gates. Not even one. Why? Well, because God doesn't respond to recession. The word recession means a response to a given report. He's already given a better report. So you've got to decide which report you're going to respond to. I don't participate in recession. Recession is not making my decisions. I said recession is not making my decisions. Yeah, well, we've got to walk in wisdom. When did that start? You know, because people use that. That's like an excuse to, to, to disobey God. You know, I've got to walk in wisdom, you know, and there are some things I can't afford. Well, that's because you've been stupid up till now, and, and you're up to debt, and, you know, you're, it's crazy. But, and, and you need deliverance, right? But, but the reality is, is that God has never said, I can't afford that. See, we, we need to have a paradigm shift. We, uh, according to Romans 12, you know, we need to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now, listen, I'm not telling you to live foolishly. I'm telling you to change the way you think. He said, take heed now. Come on now, get strong. Get, str- get strong in your mind. Because to do what I'm going to tell you to do, I already know. God's, God's talking to you. And he says, I already know you can't afford to do what I'm going to tell you to do. I already know I'm going to lead you into battles you can't win. I'm going to lead you into situations you can't afford. I'm going to lead you into problems you can't solve. But I'm not sending you alone. Not only is he coming with you, but remember, what did Jesus come to build? A church. So not only is God coming with you, but the church is too. You're not on your own. I have strength for all things. You know, you know what? It's so cool. Sometimes you should stand up here and look this way. Because I have strength for all things. And a lot of that strength see, is seated right here. That if we ever take our heart and our mind and lock on to God's plan and realize that we can do all things. You know, it's not just I can do anything. No, we can do anything. We have strength for everything. We, anything that we face, and I feel like, like a record that's off the joint because I'm just, I'm kind of excited, Al. See, here's the deal, is that God wants you. Jesus said the thief comes to kill, he comes to kill, steal, to destroy, but I've come so that you could have God life. Life in abundance to the top till it overflows. God, God sent Jesus. It says it in the Bible that God sent his son Jesus and raised him from the dead so that he could bless you. He came to position you. To win and succeed, no matter what you face. 
God sent his son Jesus, not, not so you could make it, but, you know, ooh, we, ooh thank God that's over. You, you no, know, he sent you so you could have a crazy, good, insanely good, crazy life of victory and, and prosperity. Oh, you, you think we're all supposed to be rich? Well, the, that, that's what the Bible says, and I know that some of you don't believe the Bible, but, but the, the reality is, is, is that God wants you to have more than enough so that you can respond in a God-like fashion. You know, if somebody's mean to you, you've got to grow, you've got to mature so that you can respond in a God-like fashion. You've got to forgive. Look at your neighbor and say, he just said the F word. Forgive. In church, you know, forgiveness, that's a crazy thing. You know, you you got to have the ability to forgive. Why? Because that's what God would do. That's how you respond in a God-like fashion. You get in a situation, and, and there's need there. Well, what does God do? Well, my God supplies all my need, according to His riches and glory. So God wants to position you so that you can respond in a God-like fashion. God wants to position you so that when needs arise, you're a need meter. You're Jira Jr. Hello? God wants to bless you. And you can't be all intimidated by, by living in the blessing. To be the church. To be the church. You are the church. But to be the church that is going to advertise the goodness of God. You're going to have to live a blessed life. And to live a blessed life, you're going to have to believe in the blessing. You know, it's crazy. God in Genesis, you know, it's right in the beginning of the book. God takes Adam and Eve. He puts them in the garden and he blessed them. He blessed them. Then God sends his son Jesus who dies and is raised from the dead so that he could bless you. If you read uh, the book of Luke, if you look at the last couple of verses in the, in the last chapter of the book of Luke, that just the last thing Jesus did on earth was he looked at the guys and he blessed them. God wants you to live a blessed life. And you got, you got to believe in it. You gotta believe in it. There's something that separates people who have God from people who ain't got God. And it's not a weekend service. There's an anointing that ought to be on your life. It, you're marked. And, and the, that when stuff happens, you still shine. You're going through the same situation as a coworker, as a, as a neighbor, as a family member, but yet at the end of the day, no, you look better. You smell better. You talk better. You walk better. You, you, you got more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos. You got more hope than despair. There's something exploding inside of you that says, I refuse to live like somebody who's separated from God. I'm not talking. Well, do you think we're better than the non-believers? Yes. Not, you know, not better and that, you know, but you know what I'm saying. Life is better with God than it is without. If it wasn't, I'd be without. Come on. Well, we just got to take up our cross and suffer for Jesus. Well, come here, I'll help you with that. I'd love to. Man, I tell you, it's so crazy because, you know, we're, we're moving into this, this life of blessing and having a life that just flourishes. And, and, it, and, and it feels like we've got to fight. 
Yeah, and the reality is, is that, guys, over the next few weeks, you've got to prepare yourself to, to, to grapple with, with mindsets and belief systems that have been built up in your life that try to separate you from the life that God wants you to live. See, your home shouldn't be filled with fighting and, and sickness and disease and poverty and lack. That's the wrong life. But you cannot go to God and boldly ask for something that you do not believe is His will for your life. So you got to begin to believe in the blessing. You got to be, you just got to tell yourself, you know, okay, I got a job to do. The Bible says that I, you know, I cast down every imagination that comes in that tries to exalt itself against the will of God. I got to take every thought captive. I've got to recognize that, that when I hear myself thinking like, like I thought before Christ, that I'm going to stop that thought. Because that thought, if I entertain it too long, that thought's going to become part of my vocabulary. It's going to become part of my actions. Then it's going to become my character. And then I'm stuck with an outcome that's separated from a blessed life that God's called me to. God wants you blessed. Look at your neighbor and say, God's, God wants me blessed. Tell him. <laughs> Look at Psalms 92.13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Everybody say flourish. That word flourish, that means to break out or to blossom, to spring forth into abundance. Those that are planted in the house of God are going to flourish. Flourish. You know, this is the life we want for you. We want, we want a lot. You know, no dead areas. No, no, no barrenness. No fruitlessness. No. You, you feeling me? We, we want the life for you that God wants for you. We want, we want your life to flourish. You're going to have to grapple with some things. You're gonna, you know, later you're going to tell yourself, well, I think, I think they're trying to find a creative way to get our money. I think they're coming after our money, you know, because that always comes up in church, you know. Uh, you know, they, they want something from us. You know, God's trying to get something to you. Quite frankly, Scarlett, I don't care if you ever tithe. I think you're an idiot if you don't, and I know that you won't live blived. You won't, you won't live blived. Blessed. You don't live blived either. And wait till we talk about that in a couple of weeks. A blived life. That's crazy. <laughs> Did you feel the anointing? <laughs> Look at Proverbs 10.22. The blessing of the Lord. Everybody say the blessing. Uh, by the way, if as many times as the Bible refers to the blessing of the Lord, then obviously there is one. There is one. There, got it. there must be a blessing of the Lord because they keep talking about the blessing of the Lord. What does it do? It maketh rich. Oh, my God. He has no sorrow. Look at the Amplified. I love the Amplified here. The blessing of the Lord makes truly rich, and he has no sorrow with it. In other words, neither does toiling increase it. It ain't about you. It's not about your ability to perform really well. Now, that comes into play. Because you know what? If you're going to live a blessed life, you're probably going to have to get a job. Sorry. Well, I was just hoping Egg McMahon to swing by the house a couple times a month. And we just get, you know. No, you're, you're going to have to go to work. 
right? See, if God's plan is to prosper you and you're not prospering, then we already know you're outside of God's plan. So you're going to have to do it God's way. But the blessing of the Lord, listen to what it does. It makes truly rich. I'm not telling you everybody's going to drive a Rolls Royce or wear Rolexes. I'm telling you, you're going to always have more than enough in every situation so that you can give to every good cause. That's what the Bible says. It's going to make you rich. Abundantly supplied is the real definition of the word rich. Abundantly supplied. Abundantly supplied. Abundantly supplied. Abundantly supplied. Abundantly supplied. He came that you would have life to the top till it overflows. More than enough. More than enough. Why? Because that's a God-like fashion. God's more than enough. You, you should be more than enough too. You got more than enough patience to deal with situations. You got more than enough finances to handle life. You got more than enough health to deal even when sickness knocks on your door. You know, okay. Can you imagine it? some guy, he comes in and, and he's like packing, you know, heat and he's banging on your door and you look through the little people and he, he, he's, he's okay. He's, he's, I mean, he's just, he's out there and he's got the gun and he wants to come in. But you know, that all you got to do is have somebody who's bigger with more artillery answer the door. Hello? You know, well, you got more than enough to handle what's knocking on your door. Why? Because you got the blessing of the Lord. And it, it makes you abundantly. Ab, 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 oh my gosh. Just want to smack people with the microphone. Well, you know, I, I just don't know about them people that get saved and want to be in a bless me club. Is there one? If there's a bless me club, I'm joining. Okay? What, what do you want to live in? In, in, in a curse me club? No, God, God wants to bless you. Do you understand what we've done in our mindset and in our belief systems that are separating us from God life? Well, you know, it's not just all about you. No, trust me, we're going to get into the reality that God don't want to bless you so that your life's like Disney World. Okay? He wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing. He made a promise to a guy named Abraham. And he made a covenant with Abraham. And he said, by you, because, and here's the deal, see, Abraham believed God. And it said, because Abraham believed God, it was counted as righteousness towards Abraham. So here comes this covenant, and he makes this crazy statement to covenant, he, or, or to Abraham. He says to Abraham, by thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Your seed is going to be blessed. Well, do you understand that you are Abraham's seed? And so you have the right to walk in the blessing. And God's counting on you to do it so he can accomplish his purpose. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. You ain't going to work hard and increase it. But the blessing of the Lord is going to cause your life to, to receive abundant provision. Uh, I'm out of time, and I've gotten nowhere. Second <laughs> Corinthians 8, 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty you might be rich. Abundantly supplied. Abundantly supplied. 
Well, I just think you're lucky. You know, in our, in our society, blessed might be too much of a church word. Can I teach you how to live an insanely lucky life? See, some of you guys, uh, and, and can, I, can I say something? How many have been here on Wednesday night for a beta Satan? Hold your hand up real high. Let, let the other see. Okay. Uh, I encourage you, Wednesday night's bait of Satan, how to deal with offense. We're going through it a second time. Why? Because it's better the second time. It was crazy good the first time. I'm on my fifth time through, and, and I'm typing like a madman because there's just info there. Okay? Uh, but I'm going to say something right now that some of you, I need to preface it by saying don't take the bait. Don't get offended with what I'm going to tell you. Some of you, you know, you have religious mindsets, and the word lucky you're thinking, ooh, we better not go, ooh, that's a bad word. Let, let me tell you something. You, you, you fight. You, you fight devils to, to break off words like lucky, but you're missing a point. All luck is, you know, well, isn't that happenstance? You know, luck doesn't exist. You know, you carry in a rabbit's foot in your pocket. That didn't work for the rabbit. I mean, come on. You got your lucky T-shirt. You got your lucky hat. You're still a loser, but you got your lucky hat. You know. Let me tell you how to live lucky. Live blessed. And the whole world thinks you're lucky. I don't care what they think. I care what I think. I, I, I care that my thoughts are built on His Word. I already lost my mind. And I've taken on the mind of Christ. And I know the only thing you're going to remember today is Pastor Tom admitted it. He's lost his mind. Okay. It's true. I have the mind of Christ. Jesus became poor so that you could be made rich. And here comes the religious thought. Well, that was spiritual. You're telling me that when, he, when they're taking whips and they're whipping him, that that wasn't physical? Looked pretty physical on, you know, the Passion of Christ movie. When they depicted it, it looked pretty physical. Look, look pretty physical. Well, let me tell you something. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He, he's handling your whole deal, guys. Your whole deal. Write this down, and then we're done. I'm just going to give you these four things, and we're going to talk about them in the weeks coming. But the four facts that we need to understand about the blessing. Um, number one is the power of the blessing. Everybody say power. Listen, the blessing will, will give you the ability to produce results. Some of you guys could use some, redu- some, some results, okay? You, you need some results. You need the ability to, that when you lay hands on the sick, they actually recover, okay? That when you speak to a mountain, they actually move. The, the, the blessing produces the power, okay? The power to produce results. Okay, number two is the purpose of the blessing. There is a purpose. God doesn't do anything without a purpose, once you understand the power, you realize that, okay, I've got to use this power for the purpose that it was intended. Then there's the position of the blessing. Because of the blessing upon your life, it positions you. you, you again, you're not trying to get blessed. You are blessed because you're in Christ. I'm not trying to be blessed. I'm trying to be a blessing. Right? And then number four, and this is the one that we'll really focus on, are the principles that activate the blessing. There are some things that activate the There's principles. You know, and we're going to use the Bible to define the Bible. And we're, we're going to let the Bible, you know, just 
explain itself to us, and we're going to take God's Word, and I'm going to show you that if you will, if you'll operate in these principles, that you'll activate the blessing, it'll, it'll add to it, it, it'll increase it, it'll multiply it, and you can get where you're going through life, and it, suddenly you'll realize that it doesn't really matter, uh, you know, uh, as much as it used to. It used to be everything, but the, the issue isn't what happens. The question isn't, God, why'd you do this to me? The question is, okay, God, how am I walking through this? Because there ain't no doubt I'm walking through this. Okay? I'm, I'm going through this. And I want to do it in a godly fashion, and I want to have more than enough. And at the end of every battle, read it. At the end of every battle, there's, and you have the victory, what do you do? You collect the spoil. So when, when the battles are raging, there's something in the back of your mind going, this is going to be good. And you want to talk about humiliating hell. Every time hell shows up, you embarrass them. That's the life God wants you to live. Okay? Okay? You're blessed to be a blessing. You're going to be a blessing. And if you can handle two or three more weeks, because I'll tell you, there's some mindsets, there's some belief systems that we have, and it's, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to feel like I hit you with a microphone. But the, but the fact is, is that uh, I want them off my life. I want them off your life. Why? So that we can be who God's called us to be. You are the church. You are the church. But you've got to understand that there's a purpose for the church. There's power for the church. There's position for the church. But there's principles that we've got to follow. Amen? Close your book. Bow your head. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you today. You are bringing us out of darkness. You are leading us right out into the light, revelation, insight, and understanding. You're going to change the way we think, the way we feel, the way we make our choices. And at the end of the day, we are going to live a life that is inspired and anointed on fire with vision and passion and commitment. And Father, we know that your plan is to prosper us. Your plan is to give us hope and a future. And we embrace that plan. Lord, we run to it, not from it. So, Father, I just thank you today that every person within the sound of my voice is going to walk out of this building knowing that they are blessed. Father, we just give you glory for it. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to ask you a question. If you're here today and you're living life separated from God, you don't, you don't want to leave this room that way. I know we're not going to do anything to embarrass you. We won't call you out. But if you're here today and you know that you don't have relevant relationship with God, we're all going to pray a prayer together. And you need to make this your personal prayer. You need to realize that without Christ, there is no hope. But with Christ, all things are possible. There's nothing impossible with God. He wants to, he wants to shower you with his love. He, want, he wants to change the environment you live in. But you've you got to open the door. So today, if you're here and you're separated from God, make this your prayer. No one's looking around, but real quick, if that's you, just hold your hand up and say, Tom, this is my prayer. This is my day. I'm giving my life to God right here, right now. Not a game. I want the real deal. I want to get real with God so God can get real with me. Real quick, hold your hand up. Let me see it. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Anybody else? Yep. This is my day. Thank you, sir. I'm getting real with God. I want God to change me from the inside out. Anybody else? And we're going to pray. This is awesome. Anybody else? Just real quick, hold your hand up. I want everybody in the room, pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love, your acceptance, your forgiveness. Come into my life. 
change me from the inside out. Give me vision. Give me strength because I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me, setting me free. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.